Great to hear the stories today, and uh, thanks so much again to those of you who shared. I want to read to you from a familiar passage to some of you, maybe the first time that some of you are hearing it. It's from the Gospel of John, reading from chapter 20, just the first 10 verses. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the other disciple of most likely the writer of this gospel, John, who just didn't like to refer to himself in the first person, so he referred to himself as the other disciple. Mary Magdalene said to them, they have taken the Lord's body from the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running. The Bible's first track race. But the other disciple outran Peter. I love how he slips that in. And reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. I want to make sure that you have your bulletin right now. And if you don't have a pen, I think I've got some ushers who might have some pens and would be happy to get them to you. I'm not going to ask you to take notes by any means, but there might be a few things you might want to jot down. So if you don't have a pen and uh, we can get one to you, would you just raise your hand right now? Awesome. Awesome. There are a few folks and we got pens right behind you. Just turn around. There will be an usher coming at you. Um. I've had many what we might call difference maker moments in my life. I'm sure you have as well. A difference maker moment, you know, is that moment when you recognize that because of what has just happened, things will never be the same again. It's a, it's a marked difference in life because of what has just happened. Maybe some of you have had these kinds of experiences in your, just your personal life, certain experiences that you've had. Maybe in your professional life or in your family life, maybe some things like this. I remember one for me that just among all the, 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 the memorable moments and the difference-making moments in my life that stand out, one in particular came to my mind this week. It was when I was with a team from our church that got to go to Ethiopia several years ago. And we went to deliver equipment to people in the church there, and we went to do some work and hopefully be an encouragement to the Christians there. And as you might imagine, it really worked the other way around. But we had a wonderful time there uh, in Ethiopia. But, but uh, among that trip, the, the memory that just is etched in my heart and my mind is on the Sunday morning we were there, on a Sunday much like today, we got to go and worship with a church that was filled with Sudanese refugees. So picture the scene. We're in Ethiopia, but we're actually worshiping with people who had literally fled from their country because of religious persecution and their desire to worship freely and to live in peace. And they were gathered in this small building, babies crying and older people and younger people, all dressed in these colorful, beautiful clothes there to worship God. And I was asked to preach. 
And uh, honestly, I don't remember anything that I said that morning. And um, likely the people don't remember anything I said either. I'm not sure how good the English was of the translator that morning. He may have been sharing a completely different message. And uh, I wouldn't have known the difference. But I do remember the end of the service. They took an offering. By the way, we're not going to take an offering here this morning, so don't, don't worry. But they took an offering there in this, 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 this shack of a church with Sudanese refugees who literally had n- hardly anything to their name. They took an offering and they passed the plates. And as they did, they sung this song in Sudanese that I didn't understand the words, but I began to recognize the tune. And the tune was, I have decided to follow Jesus. And as I, some of you know that song, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. And as I listened to them sing that song, I thought to myself, they really have decided to follow Jesus. And I have no idea personally the cost that they have given in order to do such a thing. And I knew that in that moment as I listened to that song and I began to sing it in English along with them and their Sudanese, I, I began to I know that there was a difference happening in my life being made. Something new. Things would never be the same for me again. I could never live my life for God the same way that I had before once I came into contact with these folks. You, you have some experiences perhaps like this, these difference-making moments in your life. Well, we're here today to celebrate one of those, the, 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 the granddaddy of them all, the, 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 the big one, the, the wonderful difference-maker that is Easter. We celebrate this. It's been celebrated for thousands of years. And Easter, the message of it, has made a difference in the lives of people for all these centuries. And the beautiful thing is that it continues to make a difference in the world and in our lives today. Uh, perhaps this was the first time that some of you heard the, the message of, or the gospel story of the Easter account. Perhaps others of you have heard it lots and lots of times. But as I read it again this, morning, or this week, I was reminded of some of the ways that the Easter story continues to make a difference today. If you have on the back of your bulletin, you can write these in. Just as it did over 2,000 years ago, the story is still stirring faith. That's the first one, stirring faith. And you can just write faith in there if you'd like to. I remember the first time that I fell in love. It was actually probably the first time that I declared to someone that I was in love with them actually used the L word, right? Do you remember this? Or you're fretting about this, some of you, actually? I think probably as a kid I had loved Wonder Woman and perhaps a babysitter, but I had never really declared that. (laughs) But as I was a college student and I I had had a few girlfriends and I had never really come to the place where I could tell them that I loved them, I remember one in particular that I, the closest I got to it was I told her that she was really cool. That didn't go over so well. I didn't see her much longer. But after I had dated this one girl for about three months, I went to her home over Christmas break, and it was New Year's Eve. And I had just completely devastated one of her mom's pans by pounding it with a meat cleaver at midnight. I thought that was a good idea for some reason, until I looked at it and realized I had just completely devastated her mom's personal property. That was not good. But later in the evening, as we had some quiet moments, I find myself staring into her eyes, and in that, that moment, I just felt the words seeping out of my mouth like I couldn't keep them in. I love you. And her response was, I think I'm falling in love with you, too. 
mm, not quite what I was looking for, if you know what I mean. I mean, I think that was my first point of hesitation. I'm falling, and that was my second, and I wondered if this was really going to go anywhere. Thankfully, it did. I ended up marrying that girl. She's over <laughs> working with the kids right now, and thankfully, she did ultimately really fall in love with me. But this, I think this illustrates really well the, the similarities between love and, and faith. For some people, faith is like, I'm in. It was like me. Stick a fork in me. I was done. I mean, I was in. Loved this girl. And for some, faith is like that. It's like, wow, I get it. I, I get what God did for me through Jesus. And, and I'm in. I, I want this. And, and, and I want it to be a part of who I am and a part of my life. For other people, faith comes a little more slowly. It's a journey. It's a process. It's ups and downs. It's peaks and valleys. And it's trying to discern and discover and ask questions and some faith and some doubt and some uncertainties. And, and then faith begins to emerge. My belief, really, this entire Gospel of John has been all about creating belief and stirring faith in the readers. John even says it at the end of the Gospel. He writes, these things have all been written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and he is the Messiah. He, he states his purpose there at the very end. I wrote all this for one reason, that you might believe. He said it right at the beginning, John 3.16, probably the most well-known verse we know for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him might have eternal life might not perish but have eternal life it's all been about belief and again this story is about stirring faith it's about creating faith it's not just about recounting factual details or history it's about it's about creating a moment by which as we read it something new might awaken and might be stirred in us I love the story. Mary Magdalene didn't know what to do. The body was not there. Her instant reaction was somebody took it. And so I'm going to go and tell Peter and John. And, and as she did, they kind of looked at each other. I, it's one of the funniest scenes in all of Scripture, if you read this with a little bit of a sense of humor. I mean, you just picture Peter and John. Mary Magdalene tells them the body's gone, the tomb's empty, and they look at each other. And, you know, it's like, I'm going to beat you. I'm, I'm going to get there first. And, and with a flash, they just take off. And John's a little younger, so he gets, you know, he's got nicer shoes. And so he beats Peter to the grave. And I can just imagine the scene. Peter, uh, John gets there, and he's at the grave, and he's afraid to go in. He's the younger one. He's kind of peeking in. And up comes Peter just, a, you know, like a minute later. He's just huffing and puffing, and he just pushes John out of the way. Let's go in there. And he goes in, and he sees the cloths laying there. And it becomes evident to him and then to the other disciple that this isn't a stolen body scenario. Something different has happened there. And the words just simply say it. And then he believed. Oh, John had believed before that. He knew that Jesus was someone special. He probably knew that Jesus was the Son of God. But in this moment, something new engaged in him. Something fresh was stirred in him. And a new belief that God had just stamped his authority. His, his final yes on the life of Jesus and raised him from the dead, that Jesus really was alive. Something new was stirring. And I just believe, and my prayer this morning is that even as we read this story and hear it read, that not only would we say, well, that's nice. You know, that's interesting. That's good information. Yes, he is risen. Oh, he is risen indeed. This wouldn't be just ho-hum for those of us who have heard this a lot or just are hearing it for the first time but that faith would be stirred in us.
Those of you who have known Jesus for a long time would come to a fresh understanding, a grasp of his love for you. That those of you who may be hearing this message for the first time today would be encouraged and, 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 and glad about where your faith is being stirred this morning. The Easter story is stirring faith. It's also awakening hope. That's the second one. It's awakening hope in us. And some of our shares here this morning shared about hope and how important it is. I remember um, speaking of awakening, I remember when the iPhones first came out, and I was going to play the sound this morning, but I remember right when they came out because we had a kid in our youth group, and we went on a snow trip, and he said, I'll set my alarm. And uh, he pulled out his iPhone. He was really proud of it. And it was that alarm he didn't tell us which one he was going to use, but it was that one that's like, <laughs> you know that one? Yeah, most of us don't have that on our phones any longer, but he did. And, and I remember in that dark church floor where we had finally fallen asleep and we were getting ready to go snowboarding that next day, that alarm just penetrating that room and all of us just getting up like, you know, there was an earthquake or a fire or something that we needed to immediately evacuate the building. But we were awakened. We were awakened to, to, to life for that day. And this story, without a doubt, wants to awaken hope within each of us. If this story isn't about hope, it's about nothing. It screams hope from the pages of this story. From every line, it screams hope. There is hope for forgiveness. There's hope for new life. There's hope for possibility. There's hope for change. There's hope for transformation. There's hope for new life. It is a beautiful message. Without hope, we know that as human people, we just shrivel up and die. This message is about hope for every day. And that's why I love the end of this story. It's the craziest ending. I don't know if it caught you by surprise as I got to that last verse. Because after this incredible story about the disciples running and huffing and puffing and bursting in and finding the empty tomb, it continues in verse 10, it's simply these words, and then they went home. And as I read that again, I'm like, what? What do you mean they just went home? they got to go somewhere. They just, they just found out that Jesus is alive, that he's raised from the dead, but they went home? What, what's going on here? And as I read it again, I thought, yes, that's perfect. It's perfect because what will we do when we leave the Greek theater today? We'll, we'll go home. We can't stay here forever. They need this place for pep rallies and stuff like that. And so we gotta, we got to clear out. We've got to eat all those donuts and drink all that coffee and find our Easter eggs. And then we have to go home. Just like the disciples had to leave that tomb that day. They had to ultimately leave it. But when they left it, they left it with hope. They left it knowing that things were different. Knowing that, that a, a new horizon had opened up before them. That, that things were possible now for them in, in, in their daily lives, in their relationships, in their interactions, in, in their future that wasn't possible beforehand. And when we leave this place and we go home today, you go back. Let's, let's be honest about it. You go back to bills and you go back to work and you go back to school. Sorry, kids, tomorrow, spring break, it's done, over. You go back to these things and you go back to kids and you go back to stress and you go back to all these things at your home. But the hope is, is that when we go back home, we go back from a place like this with a new hope. We go back with a new hope that things can be different, not necessarily because the circumstances are different, but because we're different people as we're filled with faith and filled with hope in what God has done through Jesus Christ in raising him to life and in that same life that he desires to give to us both now and forevermore. 
message of Easter is stirring faith, it's awakening hope, just really brief, but lastly, perhaps more than anything, it's revealing love. It's revealing love. I had a professor in college, a creative writing course, and yes, I did take a creative writing course in college. I actually got a grade for it and everything. You, you engineers and scientists, you can scoff at me all you want, but yes, at the creative writing class. And he always used to say a very simple thing to us every time we would begin our class with a free write, and he would say, don't tell me, show me. And what he meant by that was simply, don't, don't just give me information. Don't just write. This is creative writing, people. Paint me a picture with your words. Paint me a picture of the scene with the words that you're going to write. Show me the emotion and the feeling and the reality and the truth of this scene. Don't just tell me. And in the, in the cross and in the resurrection, God has finally and fully not just told us that he loves us, but he has shown us. If there's ever a doubt, if there's ever a question in your mind, does God love me? Does God really care about me? All we have to do is think to this scene, this, this crucifixion where Jesus gave everything that he had as he hung on the cross, and this resurrection where God raised him from the dead so that we might know new life and we can know for sure and for certain that he loves us so much that he gave all that he has. He's revealing love through this story that we've heard again this morning. And I pray that our hearts would never be the same. Well, in your bulletin, across from where you have, uh, you have um, on, on the back, actually, across from where you've taken notes, you see four letters, A, B, C, D. And it's our annual spiritual survey. It's also our first annual spiritual survey. Maybe one, maybe one day we'll say, remember when we took that annual spiritual survey for the first time? Probably not, but we're going to do it today. We'll see if it becomes a second annual. I don't know. It's completely voluntary. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. You can do it mentally. You can circle a letter. We're actually going to ask you to, to give us these cards later with all your information if you want to. And so we, we will be able to know who it is that circled what letters. That's great. We, I'm not going to like post this on the Internet. It's just going to be for me, actually. But, but I'm just curious, as, as we come to this place in responding to this story, if you notice, the three blanks that you filled in are three simple words that, are, that ring throughout the Bible, faith, hope, and love. In fact, the Apostle Paul will say in Romans, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And he goes on to say the greatest of these is love, and that's our belief as well today. But in response to this story, in response to what this story is trying to do in us and through us, I'd love just to have you respond. Trisha's going to come and sing a song. The band's going to lead us. And the song is just called Come Just As You Are. And, and that is our hope and our belief and our confidence this morning, that we have all come to this place just as we are, with, with no sense of needing to be something that we're not, with no sense of trying to make anybody happy or to, you know, get God on our good side, but just coming as we are. And I'd love for you just to do some self-evaluation, if you will, right now. Again, if you want to turn this into a slayer, that's great. But if you want to just do some self-evaluation, I'd welcome you to do that. In the midst of, in response to this story this morning, there's four letters. I'd love just to have you circle one. The, the A is, I, I'm, I'm already a believer, James. I am in. Stick a fork in me, as I referred to earlier. I am, I am in. This story has stirred faith in me. I have given my heart to Jesus, and I'm living for him. I need your prayer. I, I need to, to, to be more attuned to him, definitely, but, but I'm in. 
this faith that you speak of, this Easter message is one that holds on to me. If that's you, just this circle A. B is, you know, I'm not uh, in. I, I'm not a believer necessarily today. But even as you've read this story today, and even as, even as we've listened to these songs, and even as we've, you've shared, I, I, am, I am decisive in the fact that I want to become one today. If, you, if that's you, if you would just say, I want to just put my faith in Jesus. I've been on a process, or maybe for me it's just dawning afresh in my heart, and I want to put my faith in Christ to give my life to him as much as I know how in these moments. Then circle B. C is, uh, you know, I'm not quite there. Not quite there. But this was interesting. Thanks for sharing, James. We appreciate you. And uh, thanks for sharing. I'm not quite there, but you can pray for me. And maybe I will be in days to come. It's a, it's a journey. And I know that as much as anybody. And uh, if that's you, just circle C. D, D is don't put me on the mailing list. And thanks for the donuts. That's essentially what, what D means. All right? So... D is, uh, it's really been nice being here, and we'll see you maybe later. But uh, it's a nice way of saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not there quite yet, but, but it's been good to be with you this morning. And, and if you want to circle D, or if that's where you're at, we just want to honor that and recognize that, that we're all at different places in our journey. Love to have you circle that, and, uh, and, and if, you're, if you're willing, love to receive those from you today as you, as you leave. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for who you are and what you've done for us in Jesus. Thanks that you are indeed, uh, through this story today, stirring faith, that you are uh, awakening hope, that you are revealing your love to us. And faith and love, we receive it today, and we pray that our lives would be ready to respond as you would have us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As they, as they sing this song, just, just reflect. You can sing along, but reflect and respond to God as he would lead you. Bless you.